You can be seated. Welcome. So glad you're joining with us today. Those of you online, we're so glad that you're joining with us as well. Uh, this is our first service, and it's our prophecy update that we do weekly and have for many years. And then second service, which will be live streamed, by the way, at 11.15 a.m. Hawaii time is the actual sermon. Uh, which is a verse by verse study through the Bible. Uh, today we're actually going to start uh, in our verse by verse study through 1 John. Looking forward to it. And we're going to look at how the real Jesus will reveal Himself and make Himself real to us in His relationship with us. So Hope you're able to join with us again, 11.15 a.m. Hawaii time. And those of you watching by way of YouTube or Facebook, we would encourage you to go directly to the website, jdfrog.org, so that you will have the uncensored and uninterrupted entirety of today's update. So by way of a preface to the update today, I think it's incumbent upon me to begin by saying that everything we're witnessing in the world today is unprecedented. On every front and in every arena, everything that's happening is the likes of which we've never seen before, nor will we ever see again. Now, I'm keenly aware that saying this this way may come off as provocative and sensational. Uh, please know that is not my intention. The Lord knows my heart in this regard. But the truth is, this is the truth. The truth is, this is the truth. But the problem is that the majority of people do not realize what's actually happening, not to mention why what's actually happening is actually happening. And the reason is that the world today is being demonically distracted by bread and circuses, just as Rome had been distracted just before Rome fell. The phrase bread and circuses came from a Roman poet who described how, this is interesting, Rome appeased and distracted the people with entertainment and gladiator games so they wouldn't realize what was actually happening. And they were certainly obliged to indulge. Uh, what was actually happening? Well, the end of the Roman Empire, which was at that time on the verge of collapsing under the weight of its wickedness and debauchery. Can you connect those dots? It's for this reason that I sensed the Lord would have me talk about that which we are being distracted by, and more importantly, why. I think if we're honest with ourselves, we'd have to admit that many are addicted to 
and distracted by many things like TV, Netflix, social media, and news propaganda, just to mention a few. The statistics are stunning concerning the average number of hours per day being entertained by these modern-day gladiator games to distract us from the reality of what's happening in the world today. This, as the world is about to enter into the last day of human history as we know it. And the fact of the matter is all the distractions are by demonic design, but God. (laughs) Yes, all of this is meant for evil, but God means it for good such that it's God's will that all come to repentance in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Thankfully, God is allowing even using all that's happening to open eyes to the lies, as only He can. Specifically, the lying deceptions and distractions of foot and gaining traction with breakneck speed. I want to draw your attention to a well-known account in the Gospel of Luke that speaks to this matter of being distracted. It's in Luke chapter 10. I'll begin reading in verse 38. As Jesus and His disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to Him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what He said. Ah, give me a moment. I need that moment before verse 40. (laughs) But Martha was distracted by all, distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to get up and help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. And never imagine that this is in a harsh tone. There's no disdain. There's no disgust. If this were me, there would be, well, anyway, you too. So just with a gentleness and a loving kindness, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Wow. I'm starting out this way because this account, which would rise to the level of being recorded in the canon of Scripture, is so apropos for us today. 
And this for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that it speaks to the Martha in all of us that has this proclivity to be distracted. And conversely, it also speaks to the Mary in all of us that's in conflict with the Martha in all of us as it relates to not being distracted. You know what I'm talking about? Actually, this conflict between them is exposed vis-a-vis the contrast between them, which will be germane to our understanding of what we're going to see today. I want to quickly go through this chart that I put together with the hopes of highlighting the stark contrast that led to the intense conflict. Martha was distracted from Jesus. Mary was focused on Jesus. Martha chose to prepare for Jesus. Mary chose to listen to Jesus. Martha stood on her feet for Jesus, but Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Martha, think about this, prioritized the physical instead of Jesus. Mary prioritized the spiritual because of Jesus. Martha was busied by many things. Mary was blessed by only one thing, which Jesus said was the better thing. Martha was worried and upset about everything. Mary was calm and peaceful, worried about nothing. Um, By the way, uh, I don't know if you noticed that she's first distracted by everything, and being distracted by everything led to her being worried and upset by everything. That's how it works, isn't it? Martha, and this one is, we're going to have to come back to this one maybe. Martha attacked Mary for not doing anything. And Mary was defended by Jesus for doing the right thing. Martha, and this is tough, (laughs) it's kind of hard at first to get your mind around, but she's really upset at Jesus. But Mary was ever so blessed by Jesus. Mary's angry, Martha's angry. And she's angry at her sister, and she's even angry at Jesus for letting her sister just sit there and do nothing. And here she is in the kitchen doing everything. Tell her. He even tells, she even tells Jesus, we never do this, right? Tell Jesus what he needs to do. They have a phrase for it. It's called directional prayers. What are directional prayers? That's when we pray and we give the Lord directions on how we want Him to answer our prayer. So it looks something like this. We pray, oh Lord, you know, please. And then we petition, you know, His throne for our request. And then we proceed. 
ever so eloquently, by the way, to inform him and direct him on the best way to answer the prayer I just prayed. <laughs> the Lord is so gracious, isn't he? It's kind of like the Lord's going, okay, are you done? Let me know when you're done telling me how to answer your prayer. Okay, just, just pray. And here's the other thing we do. We, we try to inform. These are informational prayers. And here's what they sound like. Uh, Lord, did you see what happened on Tuesday? I can't believe that. C- could you imagine if the Lord were in heaven going, this, when was it, Tuesday? No way. Way. I didn't know. Thank you so much, JD, for informing me on what happened. I know I'm kind of being overly dramatic and silly in my illustration, but I think you get the point. She's upset at Jesus and giving directions to Jesus, specific to Mary, who, by the way, was in the kitchen prior. Because we're given this interesting detail about how she had left Martha in the kitchen. Why? Because Jesus is in the house. Was that too much? Anyway. Martha needed to do what she wanted, but Mary wanted to do what she needed. Martha wanted to take Mary away from Jesus. Mary took herself away from Martha to be with Jesus. Martha was earthly minded in the temporal. Mary was heavenly minded in the eternal. Here's where I'm going with this. The Martha Christians in the world today far and away outnumber the Mary Christians in these last days. Would you agree? And it's evidenced by how the Marthas will attack the Marys for being with and watching for Jesus while they're doing everything, continuing in their fighting and striving in the name of Jesus. Did you catch that? There's a conflict now. Here's the Mary Christian. Hey, (laughs) I just want to be with Jesus. I want to watch for Jesus. And we're just apparently to them, we're not doing anything. But the truth of the matter is, we're doing the only thing. I find it interesting that Jesus would lovingly correct Martha for being distracted by everything, while commending Mary for choosing the only thing. Even more interesting is how Jesus would go on to say that what Mary chose would not be taken away from her, even by Martha, try as she may. Because that was the whole rebuke of the Lord, the audacity on the part of Martha. And lest you be too hard on her, maybe you should ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart, because there's a Martha in every single one of us. I mean, this, this was the whole point of contention for her. 
tell her to get up and come back in here and help me work and fight and strive and prepare. Excuse me, Martha, if I marry, I love, well, I don't want to read too much into this, but it's a gift. I do. Uh, I put myself there. Do you do that? That's actually very healthy, by the way. I'm, I'm there. I'm in the other room. I'm eavesdropping. They don't know I'm there. I'm, I'm hearing everything that's happening. I'm hearing Martha, and then I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to hear Mary. Uh, interesting, conspicuously absent from the narrative is any mention of Mary, Mary saying even one word. That convicts me. I'm so convicted right now. <laughs> Just that alone. But she, think about this, she wanted to take her sister away from Jesus. Let that sink in. Why does she want to do that? Because she's being distracted and she wants to now also distract her sister away from Jesus. I don't know, that could be a word for someone. I will look at anyone. I'll just keep looking down. But this is interesting because Jesus, again, so gently and so lovingly and graciously says to her, Martha. And you know, when, when he says her name twice, remember as a kid growing up, when, you know you're in trouble when you hear your full name. You know what I'm talking about? Or you hear your name repeated more than once. Man, this is bad. <laughs> I, I really blew it. Well, th- Martha really blew it. And Jesus says to her, Martha, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to take away your sister from me. But here's the thing, Martha, it cannot be taken away from her. The implication is that what Martha chose could and even would be taken away because what she kept doing was for the temporal and not the eternal. Here's how I get there. Martha was busy about things pertaining to her life in this world, which is passing away and as such will be taken away. Conversely, contrasted by Mary, She was busy about the things of God pertaining to eternal life. And here's the thing about eternal life. It will never pass away. And here's the thing about eternal life. It can never be taken away because, well, it's eternal. I know, deeply profound, right? This is John 12, verse 25. A very difficult verse, by the way. It has a sanctified strength, and it needs to. Jesus speaking says, he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Martha, Martha, you're trying to keep that which you're going to lose. Your sister Mary has chosen to lose that which she knows she will keep for eternity. Do you see the paradox? 
You know, this faith we call our Christian walk is a paradox. And I think the sooner we as Christians understand that and embrace that, the better. You know what I mean by a paradox? Almost like an oxymoron. You've got two opposing dynamics. You want to live, die. You want to keep, lose. The way up is the way down. It's a paradox. When the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Colossae, chapter 3, verse 2, he says, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. And Isaiah explains what happens, what ensues when we do. He says, 26 verse 3, you will keep him in, I love this, perfect peace. Not just peace, perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. Well, this was Mary. In contrast, Martha, her mind was on the things below, the things of earth. Mary's on the things above. And that's why she had the peace that she had. This is what the Apostle Paul, writing to the Philippians in chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, refers to as the peace of God from the God of peace. It's a supernatural peace. It surpasses human comprehension, human understanding. And it keeps your mind and your heart in peace, at peace in Christ. It's the peace that Jesus said he came to give. The peace that I come to give, it's not the same peace that the world has to offer. I come to give you peace not as the world. Well, this brings me full circle to how we started concerning that which we're being distracted by and why. What follows, though not exhaustive nor in any particular order, are what I would argue the biggest distractions on the world's stage today. I suppose you could say that they are the modern day bread, circus, and games, if you will, so as to keep the masses entertained, distracted, and listen, ultimately deceived. However, before we jump in to this, we'll go ahead at this time and end the live stream on YouTube and Facebook and redirect you to the website. I'll begin with this list, which has eight of these distractions, but there are more, and we'll talk about them momentarily. Number one, Biden's Bill H.J. Res. 7, signed this last Monday, April 10th, officially terminating the national emergency related to the, to the COVID-19 pandemic. This is Monday, but don't get too excited, because number two, also this last Monday, April 10th, Biden 
launching a $5 billion with a B dollar program to speed coronavirus vaccines, dubbed Project Next Gen, which would, and I quote, succeed Operation Warp Speed with a mission to develop next generation vaccines and therapies. What? Wait a minute. On the same day on Monday, do you remember what you were doing Monday? That's okay, I don't either. I have a hard time remembering what I preached on last Sunday, so it's okay. So Monday, it's last Monday, right? This happened. When I, when I first started going through all of this, I do what I usually do, and I ask myself the question of, I've, have you finally lost it? Am I losing my mind? This is insanity. No, actually, they have a word for it. It's called gaslighting. You know what that is? That's where you think you're losing your mind, and that's what they want you to think you're losing your mind, because on the same day, You've got Biden ending officially the pandemic. Oh, but then I guess after lunch, she decides, okay, here's $5 billion to speed up more vaccines. Wait a minute, sir. I, you just ended it, and now you're speeding it back up. What's up? That makes no sense whatsoever. It's not supposed to. It's supposed to keep you distracted slash deceived. Number three, <clears throat> the continuing reality show drama, that's what it is. Also this last Monday, April 10th, busy day on Monday. What's the continuing reality show drama? Uh, it's over reports that Joe Biden's White House was involved in the raid on Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. Really? People are dying and plunging into a Christless eternity, and you want me to be distracted by this? I have to confess before you and the Lord that it wasn't that long ago that I was. I was engrossed and enveloped and engaged in all of this. I'm like, what? What? No way. Wait. And the Lord's like, JD. Oh, yeah, Lord. Um, what are you doing? Well, did you see what happened on Monday? Yeah, in fact, I, I allowed it to happen on Monday. Yeah, but, oh, J.D., Martha, <laughs> right? I'm taking one for the team here, so you're not off the hook. You are distracted by all of these things. Get over here. We need to talk. Actually, I need to talk to you. <laughs> you need to just listen. Sit at my feet. Because you're agitated, frustrated, irritated, all the aided because of this. And look at you. You're all worked up. That's exactly what they want to do. They've succeeded. Congratulations. 
They want you to get all riled up and worked up and rise up and fight, fight, fight. And, and Jesus is going, is that too much too? <laughs> Maybe I'm just having this conversation with myself, but Jesus is going, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Don't do that. No wonder you're so upset. No wonder you're freaking out. No wonder you're so worried. Come on. I got peace. Number four, Biden's perceived predicament following what some call the most serious intelligent leak of classified files the United States has had in a decade. Have you heard about this? Oh, come on. This is, they schedule these things. No, for real. They schedule these things. It's okay. Uh, isn't that a leak coming up, you guys, from the Pentagon? Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, I've got it right here. Yeah. Uh, we got, we got to do that. And then we got to blame so-and-so for that. And then we got to have that done by this date because we got to have the other things in place for what we're going to do next. Number five, the 34 count felony indictment of Donald J. Trump on Tuesday, April 4th, chief of which was the payment of $130,000 in quote hush money to porn actress Stormy Daniels just 12 days prior to the presidential general election in order that she would not disclose any information about her sexual relationship with Trump. Number six, pending and ongoing lawsuits related to what Trump supporters believe was election fraud, causing the ensuing January 6th, 2021 Capitol riot involving Dominion voting systems, Fox News, at all. May I just parenthetically say, here we are two years plus later, and news feeds are littered and plastered with what happened on January 6th of 2021. Stop. Stop. That was a psyop psychological operation, and it was a trap, and it was designed and pre-planned to do exactly what it has done. Okay, I'm not angry, necessarily. <laughs> and of course, if I am, it's always a righteous anger, because I'm the pastor, so... You got to be careful, seriously. You know, Paul says, be angry, but sin not. But I'll tell you, there's a sanctified anger, a righteous anger that wells up inside of me when I see Christians, our brothers and sisters in Christ that are all caught up and worked up in and because of this, 
And I mean, it's heartbreaking. At the beginning, I, I made the statement that all of this is happening. And in the meantime, the world, and this is not hyperbole, literally, is at the doorstep of the end of the age. And you're going to plaster and litter my news feed with this? Now, number seven, the security and political crisis in Israel converging to create what's being referred to as a perfect storm by virtue of how, quote, in less than a week, Israel has exchanged fire with Palestinians and Palestinian linked groups in the West Bank, the Gaza Strip and Lebanon, my birthplace and Syria. While I realize that this could be seen as something to be distracted from and not by, if you'll hear me out shortly, I'll explain why. Number eight, the never-ending Russia-Ukraine war propaganda. This is propaganda, which has entered now its 409th day as of Saturday, April 8th, which means that it's been going on for a little over one year and counting with what seems to be no end in sight, especially after the aforementioned intelligent leaks of classified files involving said Russia-Ukraine war. Again, these are just eight of many distractions that, like with Martha, are trying to take us away from Jesus and His soon return. There are other distractions that are becoming more pronounced and clamoring for both our time and attention by way of a distraction and deception. And pictured here is another chart that I put together as more of an at-a-glance snapshot of what we're being distracted by, to be distracted from, and even condition four. Number one, we're distracted by climate change, Agenda 2030, the Great Reset slash dystopia, and the Great Awakening slash utopia. These are designed to distract us from man-made weather manipulation known as geoengineering, I would really encourage you to go to geoengineeringwatch.org, geoengineeringwatch.org, Dane Wigington. This geoengineering is destroying God's creation. God created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is, land, air, sea. This is the creation of God. There's a prophecy in Revelation about God destroying those who destroyed the earth. That's them. But they don't want you to know that or see that. They want to distract you from that. 
And not only is it the destruction of God's creation, but supremely the destruction of God's creation of man who was created in the image of God. That's the, the jewel, the prize jewel, if you will. Number two, we're distracted by aliens, UFOs. How about this one? Trump's newly added Space Force. Remember that? And the paranormal. These are designed to distract us from, listen, the imminent pre-tribulation rapture of the church, which some believe will be the explanation under the banner of an alien abduction right on schedule. Just for the record, these apparitions, these unidentified flying objects, these aliens, which is a fascination with now, they're demons. Let me say that again. They're demons. Do not be ignorant. These are demonic entities that Paul described and even delineated in Ephesians chapter 6. In the well-known passage about the armor of God, he says, we wrestle, wrestle not against flesh and blood, against one another. <laughs> Which, by the way, this is all designed to do, divide and conquer, textbook case. But if, if we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, brothers and sisters, people, then what do we wrestle with? Oh, four entities, principalities, powers of darkness, wickedness in high places. They have different rankings in the spiritual realm. And they're demons. Plain and simple, they're demons. Number three. We're distracted by global crisis after global crisis. Then the ensuing controlled opposition of the reaction. This is Vladimir Lenin, who was quoted as saying that the best way to control the opposition is to lead it yourself. So you create the crisis, control the reaction, and then you bring the final solution, the Hegelian dialectic. And these are designed to distract us from the coming seven-year tribulation and the subsequent second coming of Jesus Christ at the end of the seven-year tribulation. We're all being, you know, entertained by and worked up because of, and all of these crises, it's one crisis after another. Just like with Rome, and we don't realize that the world is on the doorstep again. Number four, we're distracted by the current unprecedented global financial crisis packaged together with both 
hyperinflation, and even worse, what's now being dubbed as de-dollarization. Have you heard about this? We'll talk a little bit more about this at the conclusion. What is this designed to distract us from? It's designed to distract us from the impending cashless bio-digital economy via CBDC's centralized bank digital currency and predicated upon SCS social credit score and CCS carbon credit score. Again, we'll come back to this in a moment. Number five, we're distracted by COVID-19 and the countless variants which are being manufactured for the so-called vaccine and not the other way around. We've talked about this ad infinitum over the past basically three years. Please know that the vaccine was not created for COVID-19. COVID-19 was created for the vaccine. So what's this designed to distract us from? Well, it's designed to distract us from the final global genocide, first by reducing the population to then more easily control the reduced population. Number six, how are you doing so far? Are you okay? This ends well for us. Just, you know, spoiler alert. Yeah. We're distracted by the many wars and rumors, better understood as threats of wars, increasing in frequency and intensity, just as Jesus said it would when he likened them to birth pains in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24. These are designed to distract us from the revealing of the man of peace, a.k.a. the Antichrist, the man of sin, the man with a plan, as one said. He will be worshiped as the Savior of the world, to save the day, save the world from these wars, the global financial crisis, all of the above. And all of these things are distracting us from the soon revelation <laughs> for lack of a better word, of this man, who's alive and well today, by the way. He's already behind the scenes. He cannot be revealed until the church is removed, Second Thessalonians 2. You know that, right? So he's, all, he's at the ready. And by the way, Bible prophecy makes it very clear in no uncertain terms that the Antichrist sets nothing up. All he does is when he's revealed and comes on the scene, he just flicks the switch that's already been wired up. It's already wired. It's just a matter of time. And then he's revealed when the church is removed, comes on the scene, switch, 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 game on. Seven year tribulation begins. Number seven, we're distracted by transhumanism, artificial intelligence, also known as AI. 
Well, what are these designed to distract us from? The mark of the beast, which the book of Revelation tells us will doom and damn all who receive it for all eternity. But see, here's the distraction and even more so the deception. You understand that this is the lie, the lie. And it's, it's been repackaged. It's got new wrapping paper on it, but it's the same lie of the garden because the serpent deceived Eve and basically told her, if you will but eat from this, you will live forever. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We're going to talk about that second service, by the way, in First John. Very fat, really looking forward to it. The, the whole lie was, no, God is holding out on you, and God doesn't want you to know that you can live forever if you'll just partake of this. Well, it's the same lie. You know, these transhumanists, chief of whom is one Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. <laughs> that was horrible, but I tried. Um, the, these transhumanists, they, they've already been deceived by Satan himself, who has convinced them that they can live forever for all of eternity, but not by way of eternal life through Jesus Christ, but the Antichrist. And let me just maybe expound on that for just a moment, because I'm looking at how you're looking at me. And I know that it's uh, that same look. I'm not calling you a dog, but we have a dog. And when the dog doesn't understand, it kind of does. I'm not calling you a dog. I'm just explaining about our dog. I shouldn't have even done that. Let me expound on this just briefly, okay? So this is Yuval Harari. We've quoted him many times over the last couple, three years. He said things like this. Uh, it's, it's not the God in the clouds. It's our God in our cloud. The cloud, IBM, Apple, iCloud. No. For real. Check me on this. You do your own research. You'll find just, I mean, breathtaking <laughs> quotes from this transhumanist, who, by the way, is Klaus Schwab's protege, his right-hand man. And he's saying things like that. We're going to hack humans. We will no longer be human. They're <laughs> So here's the distraction slash deception. There's another way to have eternal life. This is the way. No, that is not the way. That's the lie. And it will give way this way to those receiving the mark of the beast. Please know there's even more. However, I had to abbreviate this in the interest of time so we could get to the reason why. Okay, so that's what we're distracted by. Why? The reason why in a sentence is that these distractions and the many others with them 
are distracting people's attention away from the one and only Savior of the world, Jesus the Christ. Bottom line. Like Martha, who was distracted from Jesus in her house, people are distracted from Jesus, who is preparing us a place in His Father's house. This is the well-known verse where Jesus promises that He, as our bridegroom, will rapture His bride and take us to the place that He's prepared for us. And it's important to understand that the disciples would have known that Jesus was speaking as a bridegroom to His betrothed bride according to their wedding customs. This is John 14 verses 1 through 4. And by the way, this is the answer that you can give to everyone who asks, not militantly like me, graciously. (laughs) When they they ask or (laughs) it's not so much a a question, it's a it's a challenge. Uh, They'll say, well, the rapture isn't in the Bible. Jesus never talked about the rapture. Oh, yes, He did. Right here. Right here. John 14, verses 1 through 4. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Take you, receive you to myself that where I am, where are you in my father's house? There you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Well, how do you get the rapture out of that? Uh, So glad you asked. The bridal customs in that day were such that at the betrothal, the bridegroom would propose to his bride. They would seal it with the cup and bread. And the bridegroom would then leave and go build a room addition on his father's house. This room addition was to be a bridal chamber whereby they would celebrate and consummate their marriage. So he says, will you marry me? She says, I do. They partake of the bread and the cup communion. And then the bridegroom leaves. Well, when's the wedding date? No man knows. It's kind of difficult when it comes to wedding invitations. Date, don't know. Day, don't know. Hour, no, don't know. Be ready, be ready. So he goes to his father's house. He builds this, I like the word mansions. You'll forgive me, especially whenever I walk to Kailua Beach, which isn't very often anymore because I don't get out much. And I walk by those mansions. On, on the beach. And just for a moment, I'm confessing this. I do covet. I'm like, whoa, oh, this is nice. 
makes my little house seem like a outhouse. And wow. And then again, the Lord just as <laughs> he's so faithful to just, I know that, I know that knock. It's him. He's a, oh, what now? What are you doing? Chase? I was just kind of coveting a little bit. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Cause did you see how nice this thing is? I mean, they got like guests, not just a guest house, guest houses. Houses. Not just a pool, pools. The beach is right here, pools. Anyway, I, I, I don't want to take it too far, but I'm, I'm like, Lord. And the Lord's like, he does, he does that. That's how we talk. <laughs> JD, <pfft>, really? <laughs> If you only knew what I'm preparing for you, you would look at that and go, that's how we talk again. That's nothing. Okay. I'm done digressing. Back to the rapture picture here. So then the time would come and the father would say, go get your bride. And the best man, as it were, would sound the trumpet. And the bridegroom would come as a thief in the night and abduct his bride and take her up, lift her up. Literally, they would take and they would lift the bride up off the earth and carry her away to that place that the bridegroom prepared for her. Is that chicken skin or what? It's the rapture, man. And then they get there, celebration, consummation, while the world goes through a seven-year tribulation. Because see, in the Jewish customs, and I didn't intend to take it this far, but too late, I already did. The consummation is for seven, seven seven, the number of completion. When it's completed, the bride and the bridegroom emerge from the bridal chamber. And this should encourage all you guys out there, and I guess women as well, the wedding feast of the Lamb. That means food. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Eh? All right, let's get back to the update already in progress. Now, the question becomes one of how all of this ties together and points to this being the end and the rapture being at hand. Answer? All of these distractions and the many others with them succeed in getting everyone to focus on them and talk about them. Right? What's everybody talking about right now? Everything I've just listed. What are people not talking about? No one's talking about the world being on the cusp of its prophesied end, swiftly careening into exactly what Bible prophecy tells us will happen. Why are they not talking about it? Because they're too busy talking about all this stuff. 
one need look no further than to the numerous and voluminous red flags that pop up seemingly on an hourly basis. Not even daily anymore, it's almost hourly. At least in my world it is. And the common denominator with all these red flags is that they comport one with the other and spell out the plan to be carried out. By that I mean it's pre-planned exactly as God's Word prophesies, which explains how they forknew this, being that they pre-planned this. Listen to this quote from the author of Brave New World, Aldous Huxley, quote, There will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing dictatorship without tears, so to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies. Think 15-minute cities. So the people will in fact have their liberties taken away from them. You will own nothing and be happy, but will rather enjoy it. I'm, I'm happy. Why? Still quoting, because they will be distracted. Distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing or brainwashing, listen very carefully, brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods. And this seems to be the final revolution. Whoa, how did he know? Come on, you already know the answer to how did he know? For those wondering how someone like this could possibly know something about this decades before this, it's because they're part of this. Let me explain. Because Satan has but a short time knowing the prophetic endgame, he must possess his agents to do his bidding. And this is why he commenced with the carrying out of his evil plan decades ago knowing that the end of time was fast approaching. Would to God that Christians would know that they have but a short time. Fast forward to the present and the following posts, which prove beyond any reasonable doubt that said end game is not near, said end game is here. Consider this report from the Jerusalem Post out of Israel just this last Thursday, April 13th, titled New COVID Variant XBB116 Under Who Observation as Cases Spike. Oh no, deja vu all over again. (laughs) So this speaks to what I mentioned prior concerning whether the current security and political crisis in Israel is something to be distracted from or something to be distracted by. 
The answer to this is that articles like this seem to indicate that it's basically both. It's important to note that Israel is the epicenter in virtually every prophetic arena, especially given the fact that Netanyahu made a deal with the devil when he sold the Jews' DNA to Pfizer. Speaking of Israel and Pfizer, this last week an online member emailed us this patent that was granted several months ago titled, Methods and Systems of Prioritizing Treatments, Vaccination, Testing, and or Activities While Protecting the Privacy of Individuals. Yeah, right. Here's a brief quote from the abstract. The system comprises a plurality of electronic devices comprising instructions to generate an ID and when in proximity of another such electronic device, one or both electronic devices transmit, receive the ID to from the other electronic device, then, listen, a score, score is generated based on a plurality of such received IDs. Now listen very carefully to this quote under the heading of description of specific embodiments of the invention. Quote, vaccination optionally (laughs) verified using the software to identify the person being vaccinated. In other words, this patent will use current technology to track, trace, and score individuals who are verified as having complied with vaccination verification. Did you get that? We've talked about that, and it gets worse. This digital ID score that's been generated and created for each individual will comprise, to use their word, of no less than two scores, a carbon credit score, CCS, and a social credit score, SCS. Then this scoring will be part of a digital payment system according to this press release on March 15th from the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System. The Federal Reserve is neither federal nor is it a reserve. The press release is about what's known as FedNow, FedNow, which the Federal Reserve is now formally announcing the launch date of July 1st, approximately 10 weeks from today. Now, what's interesting about this is how cryptic, pun intended, it is. By cryptic, I mean the wording is crafted in such a way that one would be hard pressed to make the connection of this FedNow digital payment system with CBDCs. Stay with me. So much so that I did a word search and it revealed the conspicuous absence of words such as digital, blockchain, or even CBDC. Even more interesting are these quotes from Kent Montgomery, the FedNow program executive. 
Quote, we couldn't be more excited about the forthcoming FedNow launch, which will enable every participating financial institution from the smallest to the greatest, hang on to that, to offer a modern instant payment solution. With the launch drawing near, we urge financial institutions and their industry partners to move full steam ahead with preparations to join the FedNow service. <laughs> Does this sound eerily similar to the well-known prophecy in Revelation 13, 16, and 17? Can I just quickly read just those two verses? He also forced everyone small and great. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. One more thing on this, and it's a report that I didn't have time to vet about the IMF, International Monetary Fund, moving <laughs> full steam ahead by having just unveiled a new global currency called a universal monetary unit. One of these unvetted reports had the headline of IMF is creating a CBDC handbook for central bank government rollouts. Uh, I need to say this, and maybe this is for someone more than one here or watching online who is a uh, little concerned and understandably so about, well, wait a minute, are you saying that July 1st my cash is going to be worthless? I'm not saying that. Is that possible? It certainly is. Is it probable? We'll find out or not. <laughs> you didn't get that. That's all right. <laughs> I try so hard sometimes. <laughs> Here's what I want to say, and I, you're, you're looking at a guy who was a, a student of one Larry Burkett, the founder of Christian Financial Concepts, who's with the Lord now. Uh, God used him mightily in my life in this arena, the arena of the financial. And some of the things that I'm learning and have learned and am still learning is that um, God owns everything we own nothing. And it's not the same. Oh, that came out totally wrong. Wow, that sounds a lot like, well, I wonder why. Anyway, no, uh, I, I'm the steward of everything, but God is the owner of everything. It's His money. Why is that important? Because if I'm honoring the Lord with my wealth and the first fruits of my income, I have promises in place. Uh, one of those promises is, as a child of God, I will never be begging bread. If this is an issue for you, and I get it if it is, uh, I really want to encourage you to spend some time in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, where Jesus really provides the cure for worry and anxiety when it comes to worldly wealth. You lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. You don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's sufficient are <laughs> the worries therein. In other words, don't borrow tomorrow today and worry about it. Tomorrow will be there when you get there. Some of you are looking at me like, I wish you didn't say that part. I was good with the first part of that. 
No, uh, here, here, here's, I, I love this. I heard someone say, just bear with me, I'm almost done, believe it or not. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. I'll give you a moment on that. Think about that. Here we're worried about what might happen tomorrow. And the Lord's saying, don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. Yeah, but I might wake up in the morning and find out that my balance is zero. It's been indexed and converted to this digital currency. And now, I mean, I started off having nothing. Now I really have nothing. And I'm not too happy about having nothing either. So what am I going to do? Oh, wow, you might have to trust me. Again, I'll speak for myself. This is the kind of conversations I have with the Lord. Don't think for a second that the Lord doesn't know. I mean, it's His money after all. It would be okay to pray, Lord, it's your money. And you see what they're going to do with your money? No, I got it. I allowed it. I know what I'm doing. You don't know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Just trust me. I'm going to have to, it looks like. I know. What a terrible thing. You're going to have to trust the Lord. Let me just say lastly, He will provide. Yeah, but I mean, this is really real. I know. (laughs) Now, there are certain things we can do just practically. Did you know that Jesus spoke more about money than He did heaven and hell combined? Did you know that? I just jammed some gears on that one. I probably shouldn't have. All right. In other words, please be encouraged. God will provide. Just have a loose grip on the treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy and government comes in and converts to (laughs) digital currency that's predicated on the car you drive and the meat you eat. I'm opening up a whole can of worms here, aren't I? So, okay, let's wrap it up. Thank you for your grace and your patience. Now, if true, this rollout, this, you know, July 1st launch date, and at this juncture, I have no reason to believe it's not, then it seems to fit with the evil plan of COVID-19 being created for the so-called vaccine. And the so-called vaccine being created for the biodigital ID and the biodigital ID being created for the cashless global digital economy. Then in the end, and it is the end, all of the above will ultimately lead to forcing compliance in concert with fulfilling prophecy, all of which all are being distracted from. One more thing, and it's yet further evidence of this moving full steam ahead, specifically towards the above mentioned carbon credit scores. This is very real, by the way. It's from Fox News on Thursday, April 6th, titled JP Morgan CEO suggests government seize private property to quicken climate initiatives. Um, Again, this ends well, but let me just get it out of the way. They will suspend your account 
They will seize your property. They will seize your cash. They will seize your bank accounts. (laughs) I'm going to stop right there because you're giving me that look again. All right. Like Martha being distracted by everything, in order to, like Mary, be distracted from the one thing, this is the demonic distraction from the last thing. What's the last thing? The prophesied end of the age, which is upon us today in this, the very last day of human history as we know it. And today is the day of salvation. I implore you, today make the most important decision of your life for eternal life, because that day is at hand. We're so close. This is why we end with the gospel and the simple childlike explanation by way of the ABCs of salvation. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner. And when you do, then you'll recognize your need for the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there's no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 uh, is the death, uh, the, the, the death penalty, the sentencing uh, phase, if you will, because we're all guilty. And now we're going to be sentenced. And it's the death sentence for the wages of sin is death. But the good news, the gospel is the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, because He died for you instead of you when He came and was crucified and buried and rose again on the third day. And the gospel, the good news, He's coming back again one day. The B, very central. In fact, it could be said that it's even simpler than ABC. It's as simple as be. Believe. Just believe. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will will be saved. And then what comes as a natural progression and expression of believing in your heart is just calling out and upon the Lord. And that's the C. Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans 10, 13, lastly, seals the deal. (laughs) All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, call upon Him today. Let me close with today's But God testimony. It comes from Phil Bopp, who writes, Dear JD, this week marks my one year 
anniversary of being saved. I wish I could tell you that I'm 12 or 22, but no, I am 52 years old. In your prophecy update two weeks ago, you spoke of hard-headed people. <laughs> yeah, okay. Looking back on my life, it seems that I could be the poster child for such people. Actually, you can't. I'm the poster child. You can be a poster child, but I'm the poster child for being hard-headed. He goes on, I grew up in a Christian household, but I never really had a relationship with God and never went to church voluntarily. I was an excellent student in the sciences where I was taught all the lies of evolution, geology, and other such ilk. I believed the hard science, which pushed me away from creation and my own appetite for sin pushed me away from God. My wife, Carol, was saved three years ago. She has been listening to Christian programs, always playing in the background of our home. It was impossible for me not to hear the passionate pleadings from the pulpit pounding Palestinian pastor. <laughs> that would be me. Each week the ABCs of salvation were driven home. Each week my eyes opened further. <laughs> I could see that the road I was on was ever narrowing and becoming darker. I had to make a U-turn in my life. A year ago this week I finally died unto myself. With all of my heart and soul, I accepted Christ into my life. All praise to God, but thanks to my wife, Carol, and to my mom for continually praying for my salvation. And thanks to you, J.D., for hammering the message home each week. Praise the Lord. Come on up, Kapona. Why don't you go ahead and stand? <laughs> oh, mercy, 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 mercy. Thank you so much, Jesus. You're so, so, so good. Ah, a lot of stuff today. I know it was a pretty uh, contentful update, but Lord, this is what's happening in our world in this, the very last day of human history as we know it. And you told us it would be so. So in some ways we shouldn't be surprised, I suppose. So Lord, I just would ask in closing that if there's anyone who is maybe here in this church service or watching online that has never believed in you, that today they would put their trust in you and be saved. That today would be the day of their salvation. Lord, we know that our redemption draws ever so nigh. We've got timestamps on a lot of these things that we looked at today. And these timestamps are not years away. They're weeks. So Lord, how close are we? 
I truly believe we're very close, closer than any of us could possibly imagine. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage the hearts of those who might be discouraged, weary. Lord, encourage us as we encourage one another with these words of the soon sounding of the trumpet, when the dead in Christ rise first, and we who are alive and remain are caught up to be taken to that place you prepared for us in your Father's house. Lord Jesus, Maranatha, come quickly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.